Zombify. Hello and welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Caster. Here is always my co-host at Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, this is the exact opposite of what we usually do, where instead of talking about one sport in depth, we're going to talk about like four. Three, yeah. Actually. Yeah. I'm excited though. I'm excited though. I mean, this is this is definitely going to be a longer podcast, but you know what? A, we've been neglecting talking about everything, anything other than football. That's number one. Number two, we have NBA finals. We have the Stanley Cup finals. We have a Champions League final coming. We have the Premier League season that just wrapped up. We're going to talk about the Premier League season that's to come in 2023, 2024. The, the, the world is our, is our oyster right now, and this could be this could be an hour podcast. This could be a two-hour podcast. I really don't know. And I'm just kind of like – I'm excited to just, you know, go. You know, Me too. I mean, just go and just, you know, talk. Have a conversation. Come this up with fun. things. Yeah, Come up with just, things, and yeah, I'm 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 excited for this one. I've actually been looking I'm looking forward to this one all day. I just recorded uh, the Dynasty show, which everyone will be hearing on Thursday. It's actually out right now. Um, just recorded that with Jake, and I was just like, no offense, no offense to Jake because I love Jake. Everyone knows I love Jake, but that that entire show was just like, oh my god, I want to just do BTP and I want to just talk about everything other than football yeah i really do enjoy the occasional times that i'm on um on btp to talk about yeah. sports that are not football because exactly i mean my main group of friends isn't really isn't like into sports as much so basically it's you that i get to you know bounce ideas and you know shoot the shit with about sports yeah so it's a lot of fun yeah, and it's, you know we'll be going through the NBA Finals, giving our predictions for the series, going through the NHL Finals, giving our predictions for that. We're talking about the New York Rangers because, of course, what podcast would this be if we didn't talk about the New York Rangers? Um, and of course, that being the only team that Adam and I share in common. So, well, and the what New are you York talking Knicks. about and the New York. Knicks. I was about to say <laughs> and the New York Knicks. Yeah, th- th- them too. Them too. Uh, we could actually we'll, well, say that for another another time. Um, give Con Smythe predictions for for the NHL finals and then uh we'll start off with uh we'll talk about the prem all right well actually we're starting off with the favorite segment of the show and it is the deep sleeper yep indeed it is so bird who what where when why or how is your deep sleeper uh my deep sleeper I was going to go with one, but I realized that maybe some people haven't seen it yet. So I'm not going to discuss what I really wanted to say. Um, well, I think I'm I know going... what you're going to talk about and I haven't seen it. So thank you for, thank you for not talking you're about welcome. that. You're welcome. Um, I'm going to be going with golf course drinks now. Wow. Every, now I mentioned this, I mentioned this on the dynasty show. I did play golf today. A painstaking round of golf. Painstaking. And it wasn't even because I played poorly. Like, I played really well today. Really, really well. It's just the greens were were, were they, they, bad. They were so bad. And when I mean bad, not condition-wise, the course is in immaculate shape. 
private club here on Long Island. Great shape. Oh, Immaculate. of course. Immaculate. Here, private I, I, club. Could ha- I could have a surf and turf off of these fairways. It was <laughs> delicious. It, 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 amazing. Amazing conditions. But these greens were like lightning. But before I deviate too far off the subject, we have a lot to get to and not a lot of time. I had, Adam, I had a delicious beverage on the golf course today. I had a tequila transfusion. Oh, so what's in it? So Besides tequila, obviously. I was, I was going to say, I was going to say, you, uh, you, you want, you want the uh, the obvious answer. So yeah. there, there are about a thousand different ways that you can that you could make the transfusion. But the very basic, watered down, no pun intended, ingredients <laughs> for a tequila transfusion, about three shots worth of tequila. So I use I use uh, Casamigos. Okay. Which, oh, so you made this yourself or you didn't, you didn't no, get I got it? No, I got this on the golf course. I got this on okay. the golf course. They, they, had this, they had it as a special. They had it as okay. a special on the drink menu. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. And the way that they do it is they have the they have the halfway house, which is supposed to be behind nine, because of course, halfway. Yep. The way that they position it, you play the first hole sober, and then you get to the second tee box, and the first part of the halfway house is right there. So you get <laughs> off a of first green, you're running to the house just to get yourself a drink. It's it's genius. It's absolutely genius. But well, especially it, if it's hot outside. Oh, I tell you, I was sweating my tits off today, man. Holy crap. So it's about two or three shots worth of tequila. One and a half ounces of grape juice. About a quarter of freshly squeezed lime. So about they equates to like one or two lime wedges. I think it's two. Ginger ale, ginger ale, ginger whale, ginger, ginger whale, ginger ale, and then as image. a as a garnish that they put on that they put on it, they had frozen grapes. Wow! That they lined the 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 cup with Adam. They, they obviously they give you a healthy pour. They give you a healthy pour. <laughs> Did you take a picture of this drink? Because I kind of want to see what the presentation looks like. Uh, next time I play, I play this course, I, w- I will take a picture of it. I did not take a picture of it because I literally took a sip of it, and then I had to go hit my tee shot, and I compl- and I lost my ball with that tee shot. So I was like not a very happy camper. It's the only ball I lost today was on the second hole. You had to shamble um, over to the tee box after that. I I, I wasn't completely <laughs> stumbling. But we got to we got to like the sixth hole, and yeah, I was I was seeing stars. I was like, "Whoa, this is!" And I, I'm not I'm not a big tequila guy, but I saw it and I was like, "You know what? Screw it. Let's have just have a little fun with this." I was I I wasn't buckled, but I was buckled. If you get my gist, like I was I, I was feeling good. <laughs> I was feeling real good. That's and a good show. And then proceeded to shoot a 95, which which was a hell of a score. Like a 90 today in this course was an unbelievable score. 
was one of those where you like you just tap the ball and it goes like a mile. Yep. It was exactly that. So for anybody for anybody who speaks golf and, and add I'll try to explain this for you the best way possible. The higher the number, the faster the greens are. Yep. Normal greens run at a 10 or an 11. The greens today were running at a 14. Holy shit. Lightning. And the course is it's not a long course, but it's the appeal of the course is the way that they set it up and the way that it's designed. Bunkers around every green. The green's like lightning. And if you fuck up because you decide you want to challenge pins or whatever, you're bouncing off a green, you're flying into a bunker. And then good luck getting up and down from there. If I actually played golf, seriously, I would be, this sounds like my nightmare of a golf course. Listen, I'm playing golf. I'm playing golf currently. So it's obviously recording on Thursday before game one of the NBA finals. I... I play golf Thursday. I'm playing golf on Friday. I'm not playing golf Saturday because it's supposed to rain. I might be playing golf on Sunday, and I'm playing in an outing on Monday. Wow. I'm playing, I might be playing 72 holes of golf in five days. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I Saying it makes me want to throw up a little bit, but I'm just going to be looking like an absolute bronze bombshell. I was thinking I was trying to think of some alliteration that goes with olive, but I couldn't really think of on the top of my head. So bronze bronze bombshell works. Yeah, I got nothing for that either. Yeah, but... always always a tough one to 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 link to link together. Yeah. Uh okay. So my deep sleeper, as I've been contemplating, thank you for going first and also going long, because now it gives me time to think about what it is. You're welcome, buddy. Um, eh, okay. So my deep sleeper is the spirit of the game, and this is like conceptual, but or like okay. metaphorical. So <laughs> I saw a clip, and from the Mets game yesterday. I don't know if you saw this making the rounds on Twitter. Um, well, I mean, you don't follow any Mets accounts, so but anyway, no, there was I a don't. double. There was a double play, and uh, it was—I think it was a lineup to second. But anyway, Francisco Lindor, like, shot puts essentially the ball back to first base, and, and like the runners weren't even moving. Anyway, it was like it was just really weird. But the Phillies broadcasters were like, "You know, is that is that showboating or something like that?" And everyone's like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Like, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. It's like, I feel like I'm going to change my deep sleeper, actually. It's just like sensitive baseball players and hmm. baseball, the sensitive baseball community. And like, listen, the, I understand. The baseball community is very sensitive. I understand that, like, I want to be nice to people and, you know, you don't want to disrespect anybody or anything like that. But like, I don't know, just be better, you know? It just it just doesn't make any sense. And this is like a long a laundry list of things with baseball where you're just like, why are you like this? Why? <laughs> why why are you the way that you are? Yeah. It's like the you know, the Fernando Tatis hit a grand slam at a 3-0 count 
and they got called up by his manager afterwards, who is no longer his manager, uh, Jace Tingler. And, like, it, you know, what's the big deal? This is not Little League. No. No, and, and, what's, and what's the biggest complaint about baseball is that it's too dinosaur-like. It's too fossilized. Let the boys have fun. Like, that's what... That's what's so great about the NBA. It's what's so great about the NFL. It's what's so great about the NHL. What's so great about yeah. about the Premier League? Not as much about the NHL because I think the NHL is also a dinosaur like as well with certain things. Um, not as much because the NHL is a very it's a it, it's a young players league. Yeah, it's but like young, it's a young players league. So their star player has like barely shows any emotion. Like they're they're a poster boy. Their past two, honestly, haven't shown aren't like the kings of showing emotion. And like players don't really do that sort of thing. Like you know, like post game interviews or anything like that. Um sure. And I don't know. It's a it's a little different. But the NBA and the NFL for sure. Like they're yeah. great with okay. that sort of thing. All right. I, fair point. Fair point. I, I, I'll give you that one. But with baseball, it's like, why you should be allowed to celebrate if you do something well. Like if you succeed, if you land a big account in your job, if you're, you know, if you're in sales or something, if you make a huge sale, are you not allowed to pump your fist and and shout or something because it just ruins the integrity of the game? No, that's no, ridiculous. You, you, you fuck you fucking celebrate that sale. You've and earned you it. Go absolutely fucking nuts. Yeah, exactly. You've earned it. Exactly. You know how hard it is at home run in baseball in Major League Baseball. How about how about just getting a hit? I can tell yeah. you right now. If I were if I were facing, uh, let's see, who's the best pitcher in baseball right now? If I were facing Shane McClanahan, I doubt I could get a foul ball, let alone a hit. If I get. A single that's basically a swinging bunt down the line. I'm celebrating that like it's game seven of the World Series. Fuck yeah. Of course. As you should. You know, it it just this turned into long longer of a rant, but I do think that it's something that's kind of important. Um uh, I mean there's some there's some unwritten rules that make sense. Like, you know, the one that I one hill that I will die on with unwritten rules is no bunting to break up a no hitter or a perfect game. That's stupid. Like idiotic. You shouldn't do that. Agreed. But otherwise, all the other, most of the other ones, I'm like, it just, yeah, it's kind of, they're dated. Yes. And it, it all goes towards having to modernize the game of baseball and make it more appealing to people who are in their early teens, mid-teens, late teens, early 20s, mid-20s. Because what are those kids going and watching? They're not watching a baseball game for the most part. They're watching the NBA, they're watching and they're watching football. Yep. And and watching or soccer and watching, and watching hockey as well. Yeah, and and uh, ever growing uh, soccer in America. Yeah, definitely. And Formula One. I feel like Formula One has gotten super popular yeah, big over time. the past couple of years. 
<clears throat> big time, but they've made it borderline unwatchable. So I have no opinion on that, but um, yeah, so that's my deep sleeper. Uh, just unwritten. I guess it's unwritten rules. Let's go with that. Yeah. Sure. 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 But let's not talk about baseball for a second, even though I want to, because fuck the Phillies. Yeah. <laughs> and I love you, David Robertson. You're the best. Even though he didn't, I don't think he pitched today. Pitched yesterday, though. He's he's great. Yeah, he pitched yesterday. Yeah. Um, but let's get into basketball. The NBA Finals, Miami Heat, and the Denver Nuggets. Another great showing from your your guy, because he owns the De- Denver. Your Mister Crunky. That's a great guy. Love him. Even though it's Josh that is the CEO. The Crunkies are great people. Why don't we just start off with kind of who do you think has the advantage in this in this uh, series? I, I definitely think it's the Denver Nuggets, and I think the Nuggets are, are going to win win this series in, in, in six, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's less than that. And obviously, the X factor for everything in this series is going to come down to Nikola Jokic, and really the battle that's going to really center this series is going to be Nikola Jokic versus Bam Adebayo for, for the Miami Heat. And one of the big, the big concerns that I have for Miami in this series is what's going to happen when Bam Adebayo is not on the floor. Who's going to cover Nikola Jokic? And Nikola Jokic is playing out of his mind in in these playoffs, averaging a triple double a night. Has already set the postseason record for triple doubles, eight and fifteen games or something like that, which is just absolutely ridiculous. The Miami Heat are going to have a real problem, a real, 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 real problem with containing Nikola Jokic and he I expect him to have a monster monster series and we have to look at Miami and say for as great as this run has been for them is it possible that they have shot their load in terms of winning a game seven in Boston beating the Knicks like they did are we yeah they they, they beat beat and they beat and they beat Milwaukee are we sure, right? And Eric Spolstra, we, we've we've gone on and talked about this a thousand times. Eric Spolstra is one of the best coaches in, in the in the National Basketball Association, if not the best, right? Maybe outside of Popovich, he is the best. He's going to have his guys ready to play. That is for sure. But looking at that matchup of Jokic versus Adebayo, if Adebayo is not on the floor, who who, who who's guarding Jokic? Could be Cody Zeller, like no, no, that's not going to end well. That is not going to end well. Um, it's got to be a big series with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler has has really waited a long time for he to be the marquee guy to lead his to lead a team on a deep run like this, and he's gotten in the promised land. Now anything can happen for sure. But at the end of the day, I do think that the Nuggets are going to win win the NBA finals. I think they win it in six. I would not be surprised. They won it in five. I just think they're the better team. I think, I think they are the better team. And sometimes it is just as simple as the better team is going to win. 
I think it's the case here. I think the Nuggets are the better team. I think they're going to win. You know, the crazy thing is, is if Miami does shut down miraculously, does shut down Nikola Jokic, they also have Jamal Murray. Like, yep. Yeah. The Nuggets are a really good team. Yeah. And, and honestly, it's, it's, it, it, we really didn't even talk about like the other, the other pieces that the Denver Nuggets bring, bring to the table. And, and, and Jamal Murray is, he's very, very, very good in, in his own right, um, Michael Porter Jr., Bruce Brown, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, these are all guys that are just premier shot makers, and the shot makers of Miami are going to have to really contend and keep up with the shot makers of, of the Denver Nuggets. And, you know, I don't think, you know, maybe with how it was with the Knicks series and how it was with the Celtics series, not so much with the Bucks series necessarily, but the Knicks and the Celtics definitely – both those series just really gave off an aura of like first to a hundred is going to win. I don't think it's going to be like that for this series. I think it's probably going to be first to like one Oh five is going to win. And yeah. who do I trust to put up 105 points consistently a night? It, it's, it's the nuggets. Yeah. I think that I know that you used kind of a, a weird metaphor, but it makes sense, I guess. That the Miami kind of blew their load, so to speak, quote unquote. I don't know. I feel like they are turning into a pumpkin, to use a more family friendly me- metaphor. Um, and I think that, you know, they had a great run with the Bucks. And I mean, Nick series aside, let's not rehash that. But. Um, you know, when they blew that 3-0 lead to Boston, it really did feel like they were being figured out and um they're just losing momentum, um, losing their like really in that New York series, it was it was J- Jimmy Butler was amazing mm-hmm. when he was when he was playing, but really yeah. it was these random guys, the Gabe Vincents of the world, uh you know, that really uh, caught on fire. And uh, they were the reason that uh, Miami won. Yeah, and I, and I also think you, you bring up a good point that I completely glossed over. Tyler Hero is expected back in this series at some point. I think Tyler Hero is really going to bring a big lift for Miami. He's been out with the broken hand. He may not be back until game three. At what, what's the series going to be at when we get to game three? I think is really like the question that everybody has. I just think if Miami are going to have a chance in this series, Eric Spolstra is going to have to continue to do what he's done throughout this postseason. And that is offer different looks in, in, especially on defense where they have excelled. They have to look at all sorts of different coverages, mix things up keep Denver on their toes and not go into what is most comfortable with them or one set system, which I don't think Eric Spolstra is going to do. I think Eric Spolstra is again, has done an unbelievable job of just keeping on mixing it up in terms of, of the coverages. Um, It's again, it's not the most um, what's the word I'm looking for NBA savant style of playing that, 
you know, he's going to just keep on mixing it up, but it's been working. It's been working. And, and there's a reason why we go in year in, year out. Miami are just one of the best defensive teams of the NBA. Well, look at the guy who's coaching them. And, and there you go. And what they do on the defensive end leads to success. They have on the offensive end as well, because they generate turnovers, generate steals, generate mistakes from their, their opponents. And they're able to get the ball back and they're able to generate things, especially, especially down low when they do give it to, uh, to bam, that Jokic bam, matchup again i'm gonna just go back i'm gonna beat this drum it's gonna determine the entire series it's gonna determine the entire series and it, it it's nicole Jokic's time to shine it really is after not winning the mvp uh, losing it to Embiid. it's his time it it, it it is his time yeah it's 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 time for the joker to claim claim what is his should have won should have won his uh his third MVP. Now it's I mean now <laughs> if the guy wins the wins the NBA finals and is a finals champ, maybe throw in finals MVP and has two MVPs should be three. Maybe we're talking about a potential Hall of Fame resume for, for Nikola Jokic. Yep, already, which is great, which is really crazy. Which is nuts. Which is nuts. I also think that Denver is going to win in six. Um, but honestly, it could just because I think that Miami is such a well-coached team that I think that they'll that they'll take two off of Denver. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. So they win one, win one in Denver, then win one in Miami, or they win both in Miami. Uh, that's a good point. Well, that's another thing. And we didn't even talk about it, even though it is played indoors, but like, I don't know the, uh, and it's the thin air in Denver, but also the rest factor. And we will talk about this also with the Stanley cup final between the golden Knights and the Panthers, but Denver swept their series. They've been chilling for like, oh, for weeks. Well, a week and a half, probably waiting to see who would come out of the Eastern Conference. Same thing with Florida, actually. Florida swept the Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference final, and they were waiting for Vegas and Dallas to finish their series. So how is that long layoff going to affect Denver? Um, That's something that's going to be interesting in game one. Don't be surprised, I guess, if they start slow, um, trying to get back into a rhythm. But, um, yeah, they. I think they might split the first two games in in Denver, and then, um, and then, uh, yeah, I don't think it goes back. Well, maybe it does. I get. It. Anyway, it's gonna happen. Denver to. and six. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna have to. De- Denver and six. Denver That's and six. Denver and six is what we're what we're both going with. Yep. All right. Well, let's move on to the Premier League. Both of our favorite league, our favorite league. Uh, you forget what I do for a living, Adam. Yeah. Let's not talk about the Premier League. Our our favorite league, my favorite it, league. It, it is maybe my favorite to to watch for sure. So fun season for one of us. Um. Well, no, I disagree. I, mean, I disagree. I would say it's a great season for both of us. Yeah. Well, it was a good. It was a good fight. Um. It. 
it was a lot of fun. I mean, that was it ended up being it ended up being a two game difference basically with the uh, the title, and that's part of that is just because you know Manchester City already clinched the title, so they're kind of resting players, taking their foot off the gas. But um, yeah, it was a it was a great season and interested to see what's going to happen next year you know you have a couple well two it feels like Premier league mainstays especially i mean southampton had been in the league for like 10 years thank god um, they're gone why that's our that's a bogey team of ours we never we never play southampton well ever oh that's you that's your tottenham oh fuck yeah tottenham yeah, for it, us yeah, is, it is it is <laughs> I would have, I would have loved it if uh, Everton if Everton would have gone out with them, but sadly, sadly that it just had to squeak it out at the end. Yeah. So Southampton uh, finished bottom, and then it's Leeds. Uh, really sad story, honestly, for Leeds because I don't know. It's what a shitty situation. Their 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 owner used Ellen Road as a hedge, essentially, to buy another club in Italy. Like, what? Yeah, and, the, you know, the whole sacking of Marcelo Bielsa. Um, and then, and then Jesse whole, Marsh. Yeah, and then Jesse Marsh. And it's just, it just didn't go well for leads and that's to say the least but i don't know do you th- well let's talk about lester also lester is a was a huge surprise honestly i feel like for a lot of people yeah. yeah for some teams i guess maybe with like southampton like maybe the signs were there everton even though they didn't get relegated there the signs were there that they were not going to have a great team this year, but with Leicester City, you know, they were comfortable uh right outside that top six, maybe getting into Europe. Um, but it just the magic ran out for them. Yeah, defensively they just did it. they didn't they did not have much and, and Danny Ward did his best in goal, but I mean they lost they lost Casper Schmeichel, he went to France and, and signed for Nice and then just the second that happened, they didn't sign a goalkeeper after that. It was just, it was, it just turned into an absolute mess for Leicester. And, and yeah, it's, 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 it's a sad story. And if you look at, at what the championship is going to be next year, it, the championship is just, it's just absolutely loaded. It, it is just stacked, you know, with Watford, um, Sunderland, who were in the playoff, uh, Coventry, who lost in the, in the playoff final. Then you include now these th- these three of Leicester, Leeds, Southampton. It, the championship is is really really tough, and I know that. What uh, about Norwich? Were, also, uh, Norwich were more were more mid table in in the uh, in the championship this year. They weren't they weren't that good, but I mean, so are Watford, honestly. Yeah, they're definitely. I mean, they're definitely a contender. If you look, if you just look at you know just the clubs that are definitely in there. You know they're they are no doubt a candidate to to fight for that spot. The championship is going to be really really tough next year for sure. And if you look, if you look at a club like you know 
like Luton, and obviously that's the one everyone wants to talk about. Them coming up is such an unbelievable achievement on so many levels. But the amount of money that is going to go to them just as and, – and I think everyone is going to be – it's going to be a very popular choice that Luton are just going to go straight back down. But what it does for them as a football club for them to be promoted and get that additional revenue that can go into into the into the club. The promotion is one thing, but that additional income and that additional money that's coming in means so much more where they can improve their ground. If they want to get a new stadium, that'll help towards getting a new stadium. They have to spend 10 million of it right away, 10 million to the 200 right away in terms of getting their stadium up to Premier League stadium ground venue regulations. So that's just 10 million just gone right there. Well, Uh, this feels like Bournemouth, honestly, when they got promoted, because that's another great small club story. Very similar. Very, 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 very similar. Um, I can't wait to uh, to go to the kennel for match day one. Probably be on a Friday night, more than likely. Arsenal, Against Liverpool. No, Arsenal. It's going to be Arsenal, no doubt about it. No, Liverpool always get the always get one of the newly promoted teams. It feels like. Um, hello, we do, we do. Brentford, Brentford, hello. When when our entire our entire strike force had COVID, and we went there and got absolutely battered by by Brentford, that was really really nice of the of the, of the Premier League to uh, to give us that one. Um, but I mean, it's, it's a great story from Luton and 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 Sheffield United coming right back up, and Burnley as well. Burnley dominated the championship throughout the season. Uh, Adams guy uh, Vincent Company. Love that Great guy. job with them. The question is whether company is gonna is gonna be there, whether he's gonna see that out. You know, he's getting he's he is getting interest in, in in the Premier League, namely from one other club in North London and in, in Tottenham. Oh god, I would hate that so much. I would hate it so I really would. Um, but that could be some somewhere that 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 he goes. Um, you know, who knows what the situation is. Is going to potentially be like at Nottingham Forest, maybe at West Ham, maybe at Wolves if uh, Julian Lopetegui decides that he's going to to step down. Th- there's plenty of opportunity there for for a company to potentially get a, a Premier League job that's not at Burnley. Uh, but I would imagine that he he no doubt is on the the wish list for a lot of a lot of teams. And and hey, I I, I think that. If Pep decides that he's going to step away sooner rather than later, company as manager of, of of Man City definitely makes a lot of sense, and I don't think anybody can really say that he doesn't deserve it because he does. Oh my God, that would be a fairy tale. Listen, I would I, love it because it means you you, you stay away from uh, Super Mech Arteta. It's fine. Who knows? Who knows exactly what we need? Benny at the back, Gabby in attack, Arsenal on the way to Champions League. And yes, I, d- I did also just change the lyric from uh, Kieran at the back to Benny at the back because Kieran's probably not going to be here next year. So we need to we need to remake the song. Yeah, well, former captain becoming a manager, but that that's cart before the horse. Let's not let's not talk about that. Right, right. 
But for right now, we got Guardiola. Just saying. I I didn't even know that Man City fans had chance. Yes, we do. This is shocking to me. Besides the stupid blue moon one. I love that one. It's terrible. Fuck you. It's really bad. It really isn't. It's 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 quite bad. What about we're not really here? That's a great one. I don't know it. You don't know it? No. I I, I don't this is the this is the thing. I don't pay attention to Man City. I just don't. I don't know any Arsenal chance. I know Man United chance. I know I know Liverpool chance. I mean, I it's like honestly, it it's very similar with how I was when it was Liverpool and Man City. I hope Man City win the league because Man City just don't move me. It's 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 just true. Like I don't I don't view Man City the same way that I view United, Liverpool, Spurs, even even Chelsea. Like I don't I don't hate them. Because we're so likable. No, that not, not even that. It's just there's no there's still the new kids on the block. And it's gonna take it's gonna take a generation. It's been 15 years. What do you mean, new kids on the block? It, 15 years is nothing. 15 years is nothing. Like Newcastle in, in 15 years, that'll, they'll still be the new kids on the block. And, and we'll we'll talk about Newcastle. But I mean, honestly, it's like Man City. They don't. Like I don't. I'm trying to think of a way to to like to word this. I don't really pay attention to you. Like I really don't. Okay. Cool. Like, and it's not, it's not like an offensive thing. I'm, I'm not like being snarky or anything. I just don't, I don't hate Man City the same way that I hate Man United, Liverpool, Spurs, Chelsea. And I guess it's just more of, it's born into the blood, you know, when you're an Arsenal fan to hate them. Like Man United, Man City, of course, there's the, there's the city rivalry, the city of Manchester rivalry in that. Liverpool, Man City, you know, there, there's been battles over the years and whatnot. But as an Arsenal fan, I, 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 I think of Manchester, I think of Man United. Well, I mean, honestly, I don't really hate Arsenal either. I don't. Right, right, right. I, I, I don't like. I don't think that Man City, like, that you don't. Like, here's what I'm looking for. You don't bother me. You Neither don't. Do you- Bother yeah. me. Like, I, I, we lost the league to Man City, who got a, a Norwegian cyborg <laughs> to lead Literally. the line for them. And you only won the league by five points. And it was a very poor season by Man City standards. It was just at the end of the year where you rattled off, I, I, I don't even know, what was it, 15 of 18? Something, yeah, was... like, something like that, something absolutely ridiculous. Um with that Norwegian cyborg again. Um, but we lost the league to you. And I'm not like, I'm not in mourning, but take the second word city and change that to United. I have my funeral because I don't want to hear it from them. So, and, 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 
listen, I just want, I also want to point this out and, and go on the record and say this very clearly, very openly, very honestly. This Man City team will be the greatest team in Premier League history by a long shot. They might already be, but they will be by a long shot if they can win the trouble. There's a debate to be had now, but obviously they have the FA Cup this weekend versus United, and then they have the Champions League final. If they win those games, I would say that they are the best side in in Premier League history. I would. Better than the Invincibles? Yes, yes. Well, that is very high praise coming from you. Uh, Well, I'm not a... I'm not a guy who's gonna who's gonna stroke my club just to stroke my club. I'm gonna stroke my club when it's necessary. I could also think very clearly, very rationally, have very very rational thoughts. I don't think anyone saying that this Man City side is the greatest side ever is a is like a, a super earth shattering take. Because you look at the, the where where is there and in I mean you watch Man City you watch Man City almost every week. Where where is there a hole in this Man City team? There isn't one. Not really. No, he used to be left really... back. <laughs> no, no. What do you do? You just take a center back and stick him at left back, whether it's Nathan Ake or Manu Akanji, and bang, perfect, great, great work. Yeah. The only the only time that I could say I watched City where the left back thing was an issue was when for some. Uh, Absolutely ludicrous reason. Pep decided to stick Bernardo Silva on an island against Bukayo in the game against us at the Emirates for the first 45. That was, I don't know what he was thinking. Well, it's because Pep's weird. That's why. Pep is a weird guy. Oh, yeah. Pep, Pep is a weird guy, but he he, he is a genius. And I, I, I would I would love to think that my guy is uh, is, is Pep Jr., I would love to think that. Yeah, I, I just hope that, you know, he doesn't do anything ridiculous in either of these finals like he did two, three years ago against Chelsea. Yeah, bam. Pep, Pep does have a does have a noted history of overthinking things in finals. So let's not do that. Let's just start a full strength team against Inter and then win 3 0. Let's do that. Yeah, that would be that would be ideal. You kill the game in the first half, and then the second half is just a victory lap. There's no stress. Literally no stress. But yeah, you know, I mean that that would be ideal, but the problem is is that is it going to be stress free? <clears throat> no. No. Oh, we're great at winning things under stress and losing things under stress. Yeah, um, yeah. Except for except for against Arsenal, that then that's that's no stress apparently. <laughs> apparently, apparently, yeah. Um, well, so we talked about the relegated teams a little bit, and I guess you kind of talked a little bit about if you think, do you think, which of these teams do you think uh, comes right back? In terms of the relegated teams? Yeah, the relegated teams. If I had to pick one? Yeah. 
it's hard to say because you don't know who they're not going to have. Like Lester are going to lose. I wonder if Vardy stays there. I, I, I think I think like a club like Luton would really benefit from Vardy, but I just I have this hunch that he stays there and tries to get them back up. I I don't know. Well, Leeds, Jamie Vardy, like he's not getting any younger, and he has such an attachment to the club. Like right. I wouldn't be surprised. If I he wouldn't be surprised there. either. Exactly. Leeds, they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose Tyler Adams for sure, and a big a big club is gonna come in for him because Tyler Adams just he's so good. I know. Um, Rodrigo's probably gonna go. Elon Melier is probably gonna go. They're gonna lose a lot of players at Leeds. Uh, Southampton, they're gonna lose James Ward Prowse, and Southampton really just isn't that good. Um, if I had to pick one that comes right back up, I'll probably say Leicester. And like, I'm not super convinced by that because they're gonna lose a ton with Madison, Tielemans, Barnes, probably. Oh, god, that's right. James Madison is still at Leicester. Who would have yeah. thought? Yeah, and, and and Newcastle are are all over that. So I think, I think he'll probably go to Newcastle and and he'll get in the Champions League and and Tielemans probably go to like Juventus, you know, a shit club getting a shit player on a shit free. So that's what Juventus do. They just they just love their frees. Um, but yeah, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say Leicester. All right. Well, that's good to know. Um, and then the Champions League. Well, I guess the Euro- the European places. Yeah. Um, you know, good work. Way to go. Congrats on making Europe. Fantastic. 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 Work. I thought I thought you were gonna point out a great club, a great institution of football. Aston Villa, Unai Emery, good evening. My God. European royalty. What an unbelievable club. European royalty. Keeps they keep Spurs out of the conference league. They get into the conference league. And they're probably gonna fucking win the entire thing, honestly. Like, I don't Good think anybody would be surprised. You know what's gonna be fun? Seeing Brighton in the Europa League. That's gonna be exciting. Yeah, yeah. And and, and I I tell you, if it's not company for Man City, Deserby would be a great shout. And I know that. You know, everyone with the Brighton managers right now after after Potter. Potter going to Chelsea was never going to work because they have an idiot as an owner that's just going to spend, 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 spend and hope that he's going to throw shit and hope that it sticks. Oh, how did that Joe Felix loan work out for you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Deserby to Man City, a, a club that is well run. Going from a club that is well run to now going to another club that is well run. I think that is just a fit that is made in heaven. I Listen, really do. Pep hasn't left yet. Let's not try and are you trying to manifest something here? No, no, but it's it, it, it's like also with Wenger. We've been talking about Wenger going 10 years before he actually left. There has to be there has to be a plan. That is in place. United, same same thing with Fergie. When 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 you know he was reaching the latter years, who's going to take over after Fergie? There's got to be some sort of plan. I mean, the Liverpool fans are are talking about that with with Jurgen Klopp. You know, when Jurgen Klopp decides to go, he's going to be going into year nine as as Liverpool coach. What happens when Jurgen Klopp goes? 
So there, there, there has to be a contingency plan for all of these uh, long tenured, long serving coaches. And I mean, let's just face it. Pep, Pep wins the champions league with man city. He's got nothing else to do there. He might it's just done. John Elway. it. It's done. I, I don't think he's going to John Elway. it. I, I, I do think he's going to stay at least for one more year, but after next year, say so they don't win. So they don't win the league. So they don't win the champions league. Does Pep stay? I don't know. I, he doesn't yeah. have to. He doesn't have to. That's the thing. He has nothing more. He wins. He wins. He wins the champions. Like he's got nothing more to prove. It's done. Yeah, it's done. And honestly, his legacy is amazing already. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's got nothing more to prove. Yep. But exciting for uh, to see all seven of these teams in Europe. Actually, six out of the seven. And yeah, uh, seeing Liverpool in the in the uh, in the Europa League is very funny. Well, I mean, I just hate seeing Manchester United have any sort of success. So I give them credit. I give them credit. They Eric Ten Hag is a great coach. They look like they may they may have their shit together. Um, I like that they're getting business done early for the summer with with Mason Mount looking like that's going to be uh, the move that he makes going from Chelsea to uh, to Man United. I think I, I think Mason Mount's going to be very very good for for United as well. So. I think it's going to be a really, really good move. $60 million is a little steep, but you know what? The English tax, the top six tax, whatever you want to call it. I mean, they paid $80 million for Harry Maguire. Like, let's be they real did. here. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Um, but yeah, I mean, Man United back back in the Champions League. Good for them. Good for them. They got a big, they got a big summer coming up, though. They have, to, they have to improve on defense. They have to get a striker. Uh, they may have to get well. They're going to get another midfielder with 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 base amount. Maybe they could do with another one. And they have to solve this David de Gea issue. Whether David de Gea is going to be back there next season, or if they're going to uh, let David de Gea go, and they're going to need a goalkeeper. So we'll uh, we'll have to wait and see with uh, with 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 United. But I definitely want to talk about uh, Newcastle before we talk about you know what we think our clubs are going to have to do for the summer. I do want to talk about Newcastle because them. Them getting in probably a year or two ahead of schedule is a remarkable achievement. It really is. It it, it is an incredible, incredible achievement by Eddie Howe, by everyone um, at Newcastle. They're going to spend. They're going to spend a ton. My question now, and what I'm most fascinated by, is who they're going to be going and spending their money and the new place of being a Champions League club, who are they going to be going and spending that money on? And they could go and they could do a whole bunch of different things. I know that uh, Kieran Tierney at Arsenal is someone that they are interested in. I mentioned James Madison before. They could probably go with another striker outside of uh, Callum Wilson. I know they... Like Alexander Isak is more of like a center forward, more maybe like a 10 uh, sort of player. Maybe they go, they could go for an out-and-out goal scorer. There are a whole bunch of different directions that Newcastle could could go in. And, and what they've done this season is really, 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 really good. And they deserve every ounce of credit that has been thrown their way. Um, 
and yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see what they do this summer because that that's the one that I think we'll, we'll know very quickly to see where Newcastle are at come September 2nd of, of next year with what kind of what kind of team they have put together over the course of July, August, and then um, as we go into the first early stages of the, of the new season. So for context, the year after our takeover, 2009, uh, 2010, that season, we finished fifth with 67 points. Chelsea won the league that year. Arsenal finished third. Man United finished second. And Tottenham finished fourth. Don't ask me why I did that out of order. I just did. You just, um, you just, you just <laughs> wanted to put Arsenal first. It's nice of you. No, I said Chelsea first, actually, because they won the league. Oh, fuck them. Yeah. Um, Liverpool finished seventh that year. Fun stuff. There were some there were some fun teams in the league. Uh, Wigan was in the league. Uh, Hall, Portsmouth. Uh, Bolton, Sunderland, Blackburn, Birmingham City, Stoke. Fuck Just Stoke. a whole whole Fuck cast Stoke. of characters. Oh, oh my I god. Know. Fuck Stoke. I know. And then for comparison, Newcastle finished fourth with 71, 71 yeah. points. So, yeah, a little bit ahead of schedule. And good for them, I guess. I don't know. I can't wait to see what they do. I, I, I really, I cannot wait to see what they do. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really, really interested and really, really intrigued to see how they go about their business and what kind of signings they make. And to use a, a soccer what? idiom, go ahead. Watch the space. To use yeah. a soccer idiom, watch the space. Yeah, and and listen. They're a Champions League club, so the players that they have and, and that they can sell are going to have some sort of value because they are a Champions League club. So they're gonna they're gonna generate some money as well that they'll be able to spend on top of the money that they have and the money that they've acquired by a, by getting into the top four and, and getting into uh getting into the Champions League. Yeah, well, I mean they have to qualify. Or no, do they? No, they're in. Oh, no, that's the old system. I'm sorry. Yeah, they're in. Yeah. Um. Okay, so then before we go on to the UCL final, what do you think Arsenal needs to do to um, put them over the top? So, obviously, the end of the season was not great. Was not great at all and it could be contributed to a whole host of things i think the biggest issue was losing william saliba when we did i would have loved to have gone up against city with saliba and not rob holden that would have been uh pretty cool but the injury happened and you know we have to be better prepared for those kind of situations. And, and it's just man city had the depth that we didn't. And, you know, that, that comes years of, of building years of crafting years of perfecting the system. 
And really, Arsenal were ahead of schedule. I think if anybody had said to me that Arsenal were going to finish uh, second to Man City all the way back in September, I would have bitten your I would have bitten your hand off for that. So I'm really proud of the season that the boys had. Um, obviously disappointed with the way that it that it ended, but I'm really, really, really proud. As for what they have to do, Granite Xhaka is already on his way out. He's going to Bayer Leverkusen. That stinks. Kieran Tierney is probably on his way out as well. Uh, Flo Balogun is another very interesting one. The greatest American striker ever. Flo Balogun, who tore what? it up. <laughs> Flo Balogun, yeah, he's the, he's the best American striker ever. Yeah, be- better than Clint Dempsey. Clint, Clint Dempsey played for Tottenham, so he can go fuck himself. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. No, I know he played for Tottenham, but just to... What? <laughs> yeah, Flo, ba- Flo Balogun, the only the only American ever to, to score twenty goals in Ligue 1. Flo Balogun, great guy. Uh he's he'll generate better 25. than Landon Donovan. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Landon Donovan isn't even good enough to lick the dirt off of Flo Balogun's boots. Great guy. Okay, he'll probably generate if we sell him, which I think we're going to. He'll probably generate twenty five, thirty million right there. And I just wonder if there's some other surprise sales that could potentially happen, maybe in the form of Emil Smith Rowe, uh, Thomas Party. Th- there's going to be some shocks, I think. Rob Holding, I think, is definitely going to go. So then it comes down to, well, what does Arsenal need? Arsenal, if they sell Kieran Tierney, they're going to need another, another left back. Maybe they have Tomiyasu to be the, the cover on both sides. You bring Cedric back on loan and you just have Cedric on the right side until his contract runs out at the end of next season. Not a problem. Whatever is what it is. He'd be the cup right back and cool. That's it. Um, By the way, stay away from Ilkay Gundogan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen. I was pretty sure maybe it was going to. I don't know if it's going to now. Um, I hope it does. So I, I, I do love I do love Gundogan. Um but I think I do too. That's why I don't want you to sign him. I would much, much rather have one of, if not both, of Declan Rice and Moises Caicedo. Those are the two that those are the two big tickets that I think Arsenal could go ahead and land. I think they need they need to get themselves a left back if Tierney leaves, a right sided center half that can back up Saliba if it's not going to be. Ben White, Benny White, 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 um, a midfielder or two. I want it to be Declan Rice, for what it's worth. Caicedo would be fine, but I, I, I kind of think we need a leader in there. That now that Jacka is gone, we need a leader in there, and I think Declan Rice is that kind of loud character that is going to be a voice in the, in the dressing room that we need. Obviously. Uh, given that he's the captain at West Ham, he really is West Ham United through and through. He can go up to Arsenal and fill that leadership void that is now being vacated by Xhaka quite perfectly. And I kind of think we need another striker. Like I know we just signed Gabby Jesus, and, and I, lo- I love Gabby, don't get me wrong. Um, but I don't think he's the kind of guy that I want leading the line. In, in, a, in a title run in. I think we need someone that's going to be different to that. 
I think we need a striker that profiles as your out and out number nine. That's just going to score goals. That's more of like maybe to use an old Arsenal player reference, more of like your Olivier Giroud. That's just going to be a target man. That's going to go up, win headers, um, score an occasional scorpion kick here or there. And it's just going to be your 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 real bull in a china shop in the box. And that's something that I know uh, Gabby Jesus is not. And and that's completely okay. I, th- I think Gabby Jesus is, is more than what we need in, in some European games to provide competition for Saka as well. I think a striker could definitely go a long way with, with, with this team, but I know that midfield is going to be the biggest area where Mikel Arteta, Edu, where they are really going to go and prioritize this summer. And I hope to God that it is deck that it is Declan Rice, because I, re- I really feel like that this is, this is the start of Arsenal coming back to where I know they can be, which is challenging for titles, winning important titles, and continuing on to potentially how do you get that 90-point threshold? How do you achieve that to potentially give Man City a run for their money. Yeah, all great um, options. Uh, For Man City, it's pretty easy, honestly, because the squad is really really deep already. Um, Maybe getting a real left back would be nice. Uh, But that's more, I don't know. We, like, the squad's pretty good at the moment, but I think that we're going to have to deal with um, the possibility of Bernardo leaving. Um, that's like a will, will they, won't they thing that's been happening for like two years now. Um, Gundogan, I think, is either out of con. Is he out of contract? Yes. So he, he might leave on a free. A, yeah, he might leave on a free. Um, they did. They are in talks, or we are in talks to sign uh, Mateo Kovacic off of Chelsea. Yeah, and I think that's the white flag on Bellingham. Honestly, yeah. I think that's the white flag on Bellingham, or it could be the white flag on Gundogan. Which, well, here's the thing: if we sign Jude Bellingham, where the hell is he going to play? Right in the squad. Right, right. Even if I mean, Bernardo, be... even if Bernardo leaves, like right. our wing depth is absurd. We have Grealish, Foden, um, Mares. Like, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Agreed. And 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 listen, I think um I think any club is going to benefit off of Gundawan, off of Bernardo. I think Kovacic I think Kovacic is a good player. I, I I do. I don't know if he's the guy that you know necessarily transforms City's midfield or anything, but is he is he is he a good player? Yeah, he's 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 definitely a good player. And for and for thirty five million, yeah, I think it's worth it. If he plays in the Champions League final, then that means that if we'll have a Croatian player, yeah, to win, yeah, but that's probably you'll, not going to happen. You'll have your you have your Croatian quota. Yeah, no, I don't think that. I was actually thinking about that on my walk home. I was like, are people linking Mateo Kovacic to Man City just because he's Croatian to keep the you, you to, to keep the streak that, alive? You'll have to ask Fabrizio Romano about that one. Yeah. But I think that he's a good veteran presence uh, that 
I mean, honestly, this team doesn't need, but I still think it's good to have that that depth for sure. Oh yeah, yeah, and and Kovacic, Kovacic also is is, is uh, he's a winner. I mean, look at look at where he's been just throughout his career with with Inter, with Real Madrid, with Chelsea. I mean, he, he he's he's a winner, and he knows he's been there, done that in yep. terms of winning champions league winner with with real madrid champions league winner with chelsea two two runners up medals with the fa cup I believe two runners up in the efl cup as well won the super cup with real madrid won the club world cup with real madrid and then you also have to mention too i mean look at what he's done on the world stage with croatia how yep. he was a vital part of a runner-up team in 2018 at the World Cup, and then a third-place team in the in the most recent World Cup. Yeah, and also one player that I forgot to mention that might be leaving is uh, Imeric Laporte, as well. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of, kind of long overdue. Yeah, well, I feel bad because you know there was a point where he was our best center back, but just injuries and you know the signing of Ruben Diaz, it's kind of come around a little, but you know, he'll be missed. He ain't Ruben Diaz. That's for sure. No, he is not. And that's not what I'm saying, but yeah, I think that that's basically uh, all the, uh, the players that we need at this point, or, you know, just a roundup of the business and, and, so, and, and city probably signing one or two 18 or 19 year olds that, will become a part of Lone FC. Yeah. Hey, well, it used to be Chelsea. Now it's yeah. us. Yeah. And I think, I think Arsenal will probably do that as well. They'll probably, they'll probably sign like, you know, what, what they did with Marquinhos last summer or there, or then uh, with like Gabriel Martinelli as well. They'll probably bring in some, some young player that no one has ever heard of and, and, and loan them out and see what, see what they can get, what they can eventually get out of that. Hey, I would probably, we... I, how many, let me ask you this: How many, how many signings do you think Man City will actually make in terms of players that will contribute to them next season? Honestly, three or four, maybe. Right. I was thinking, I was thinking for Arsenal four. I was thinking four for Arsenal, and then one that may, maybe they sign as like a young player, and then they send them out on loan or something like that. But I, I was thinking four is my number. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the big one. Yep. The the Champions League final between Manchester City and Inter Milan. Well, first off, obviously, I think that we're going to win. That's, I am abstaining from this conversation. Sure. Actually, because it's bi- bias. But um, I do think that we have the better squad than Inter. Although it's the my same old city anxiety is a little little is is still there because and it always is because just you know 2021 and you know against Tottenham and against Leon and against Real Madrid last year it's just so many things can go wrong in one match that nothing's a given 
And, you know, Inter Milan still had to win a bunch of games to get here, too. So they're no they're no pushover. No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. And, and they they're here for a reason. Um, I'm going to be very interested to see what Lukaku, what kind of part he has to play in this game, because, of course, his history in England and and everything that really the English game has put him through personally, professionally. Um, very interesting to see if he's playing with a bit of a uh, bit of extra motivation for uh, for for the game. Um, but I think it's Man City's time. I think they are the better team. They should win. I don't know if comfortably is the right word because I don't know if any Champions League final really is quite that quite comfortable necessarily. Um, but yeah, I think I think Man City take it. I'll say I'll say. Uh, Man City wins uh, 3-1. That'd be a nice scoreline. You know who's on Inter that I just looked up? Legend. Man City legend. Can you guess? Man City legend. Actually, not ironic legend, like actual legend. Oh, oh, um, and Injeco. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 was, I associate Injeco with, uh, with, with, with Roma. With Roma, what? I do. And no, when I think, best... when I think about when I think about him with in Italy. Yeah, I think about him with Roma. Oh, I was about to say shocking, shocking scenes from the that Europa League final with the with the Roma ultras going after Anthony Taylor and his family and Jose Mourinho not doing his best to uh, to quell the situation. Holy shit! Yeah, holy shit, indeed. Um, and Mourinho may not even, may not even be there. I mean, Mourinho. Oh my God, Jose Mourinho with 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 PSG. Oh, oh, oh get the fuck out of here! He'll that, those that, guys that, that might drive that might drive Mbappe out of town. Honestly. Oh man, that's going to be crazy. Yeah, if if that happens, if that happens, yeah. But I'll say, going back to the Champions League final before we got into the like final two uh, three one three one City, they win it. And that's it. All right, I agree with you. Uh, PSG is going to have so much. Is going to be so structured with Jose Mourinho. I'll say, I'll say here. I'll I'll say this one. I'll go. I'll give goal score predictions. You ready? Okay. Holland scores twice, and then Grealish scores. Really? Yeah. And then for uh, Inter, I will say. Would it be funny um, if Eden Jekko scores? I'll say it is fine. Here, here's here's a, a real, real, real shout. In his last game for Inter Milan, before he signs for PSG in the summer, uh, I'll say Milan Skriniar scores for Inter in the Champions League final off of a corner. Okay. Ooh, off of a corner? Off of a corner, yeah. Okay. Very, very, very oddly specific. Mr. Fortune Teller over here. That's me. That is me. Yes. Off of a yeah. corner. All right. Fantastic. Let's move on to hockey. Oh. So before we get into Stanley Cup final, you want to you want to talk about the Rangers? Do we have to? Well, we can talk about the we can talk we can talk about the coach the coaching situation. Just not John Hines. No, please. Nope. 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 And. To all the people 
in New York Rangers world that are so pissed about Peter Laviolette. I got three words for you. You happy now? You caused this. Well, I mean, he is the same coach as Gallant. He's the same coach. I mean, I don't know if you do. You see the rumors about Patrick Waugh? I mean, look, if it is if it is Patrick Waugh, oof, I would love that. I would love that. I don't know if I would. Oh my god, why not? I mean, it's kind of a dick. That's okay. I love John Tortorella. Yeah, but like John Tortorella. Has pro has a proven track record of success in the NHL, and he's won a Stanley Cup. Sure. Well, Patrick Waugh has won like four, but as a coach, he has done not. He's barely done anything. I mean, he alienated that entire Colorado Avalanche team, and then quit on them in before the season started. Sure. Sure. I just don't. Also, I don't know how Patrick Waugh. I mean, listen, he played in Montreal. He dealt with the Montreal media, but I am interested to see how Patrick Waugh does in New York as a coach. If that's the way that they go. If that's the way that they go. I still think it's going to be Lobby Lad. Probably. And I mean, he also has won a Stanley Cup. So he yes. knows 2006. But still. I, I, I'm not too disappointed about the whole Laviolette thing, and people, and people that are now turning on Chris Drury. What? Why? What's he done? He well, he done traded anything. away. He traded away Pavel Buchnevich for Sammy Blay in a second round pick. Yeah, but then he turned Sammy Blay into Vladimir Tarasenko. Half a season of so? Vladimir Tarasenko. Yeah, oh. half a season, one playoff round of Vladimir Tarasenko. Chris Drury put the pieces together. The team, the team, yeah, you could you could blame you could blame Galan all you want, but it also comes down to the players. And in that game seven versus New Jersey, nobody showed up. Nobody did. Well, that's on the coach. It's on the players too. There's only so many times you 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 can go on and blame the coach. Like the whole blame the whole blame the coach thing. I'm I'm just so sick and tired of it. it it's it, it's it's boring. It's old. It's lazy. You got to look at the guys that are on the ice. And sure, did Gallant maybe do some things that were not necessarily great? Is he not the best, you know, X's and O's sort of coach out there? No, he definitely, he definitely is not. And he is not the best at making adjustments on the fly. But you always have to look at the players that are on the ice. Mika Zibanejad in that, that series versus New Jersey did nothing. Artemi Panarin for the third straight, a third straight playoffs did nothing, nothing. Zilch, nada, dick. The kids did nothing. Sure, were they the best collective unit out there, and they they put together maybe the best collective shifts? Sure, but they did not register next to anything on the score sheet in that series. Meanwhile, Jack Hughes was just ripping us to pieces. It comes down to the coach, but it also comes down to the players, and maybe Laviolette will do enough where he's going to strike a chord, a chord with this group 
There's a lot of things that the Rangers have to do during the offseason. We obviously don't have much time to talk about it now. We will talk about it as we get closer to the offseason. But for right now, I refuse to say that Gerard Gallant is a bad coach. I can't wait to see Calgary go to the Stanley Cup final soon enough. Well, and then I will repeat what I just said. You're happy now. Well, this is Gerard Gallant's thing, is that he has a short shelf life. Yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely he does. So, you know, if he, if the flame, do you get officially hired by the flames? No, right? No, but he's getting interviewed there. And, and it's from what I heard, it's basically a formality that he's going to be the head coach of the flames. Well, if he gets hired by the flames um, and he goes to the Stanley cup final, then it's like, Oh, typical first year draw Glant, deep playoff run. See what happens the second year. I mean, the the Flames are a good team for him to go to. I don't know. A good team for him to go to because they just got through with the reign of terror of Daryl Sutter. Yes. And they they need someone that's going to lift up a dressing room. And and Gallant's going to do that. Yeah. But, you know, at some point, like with all of his, like in Florida, like in Vegas, like in New York, his shtick is going to run, is just going to run out. It's not going to be good anymore. It's not going to work the same. You're going to get diminishing returns and you might see a, a drop off. But Peter Laviolette, honestly, of the retreads, he's probably the best one at this point. Yeah, yeah I would agree. That's available anyway. Um, I would say, I, I don't know, is Andrew Brunette a retread or what would he be? Would he have been a retread? Ooh. Even though he. Hmm. No, no, I would I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say so. And uh, Nashville, Nashville, that's a that's a great hire for them. Yeah, it's, that is a great that's, hire for them. It's a great hire. It's yeah, but a really, really, La- really good hire. Laviolette has been to the Stanley Cup final with three teams. Yep, Carolina, where he won. Philadelphia, where they lost to Chicago, and then Nashville, where they lost to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And he's been good. I mean, Washington was, I don't know. It's an older group. So I don't know how much you want to factor that in. But all of his other stops, he's been very good. Yes. And um, I think that I wouldn't be surprised if the Rangers go in another deep playoff run in his first year. No, I, I, I listen, I like the hire a lot. I like the hire a lot. That's the way I think I uh, you'll have no objections from me. Boring, sure, but is it a good hire? Yes, I don't think anybody could say otherwise. Yeah. Well, honestly, I don't know. We'll, we'll have talk, to see. We'll talk more about it when we get there for sure, and then we'll talk about more Rangers offseason. Well, the podcast is just dedicated to the New York Rangers, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Well, Stanley Cup Finals, Vegas yep. Golden Knights against the Florida Panthers. An all South ish Stanley Cup finals. Yep. New yep. blood. Do you want to talk about new blood? You know, the Panthers making their first Stanley Cup final uh, since the 90s, the mid 90s, where they lost to Colorado and Patrick Waugh. 1996. 1996. Hey, 1996. That's a uh, great year for the both of us. A great year. And Vegas. Making their first Stanley Cup Finals, and it, the a long drought of five years 
Yep. <laughs> yep. Just a uh, yeah. It's gonna be a great Stanley Cup final. It really, I is. know. Oh, it's gonna be fantastic. The 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 cheaters of the league. Some would say. Against Who says the, that? The underdogs. Well, the the way they manage their long term IR, ninety five million dollar payroll, blah blah blah, oh. blah 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 blah. Yeah. Against the underdogs and 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 the Florida Panthers and the two the two hottest goalies in the playoffs period are going to be going at it. Aiden Hill with the Vegas Golden Knights and then Sergey Bobrovsky with the Florida Panthers. It's gonna be a great series. I mean, and I honestly too, if you look at just the the the, the tail of the tape between these two teams, they, there's just so much that goes for both of them. You look, I mean, you look at Vegas and and Jack Eichel trying to win a cup before Connor McDavid. He's already gone to a final before before Connor McDavid. They're drafted the same year. Eichel went two. McDavid went one. He's gone to a Stanley Cup final. McDavid is still floundering away in in, in Edmonton. Uh, Jonathan Marchessault has just been unbelievable for 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 Vegas and, and, and Jonathan Marchessault revenge game, uh, big time, big time, yeah. And Riley and Smith been, too. He's been he's been a, Ve- a Vegas lifer um, since Vegas has come into into the league. Well, same with uh, same with Willie Carlson as well. And then you look at Florida. I mean, Sasha Barkov for me is just the. He is a guy that nobody talks about, and it's crazy to me why nobody talks about Sasha Barkov as being one of the best pound-for-pound players in the National Hockey League. I mean, he's definitely one of the best two-way centers in the National Hockey League, and he might be— It's because he's always good. That's why, right. I feel like. Right. He's just consistently—he's consistently very good. Exactly. It's like Adam That's Fox, exactly right. honestly. Yeah, it's- yeah, in, in, in a lot of ways, yes. I think Adam Fox has more flash for sure. And it also helps that Adam Fox plays for the New York Rangers in in New York and in, in Madison Square Garden, whereas Sasha Barkov is playing in Sunrise, Florida. So, you know, the markets the markets definitely uh, definitely help there. But with Florida, it's the Maddie to Chuck story, isn't it? I mean, I I, I can't remember a, a trade that has happened where a guy has just gone to a spot. And has just ignited a, a whole city, really. And if you just look at, I, I just you wait for I, football season, buddy. Just yeah, you wait for football fair, season. Fair. <laughs> well, in the national in the National Hockey League, it's like he just loves living in Florida, man. He 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 loves it, and I I, mean, I don't blame him. He went from he went from Calgary in Alberta to sunny Florida, like. It's a hell of a trade-off, honestly, and he's getting paid. He's playing arguably he was he was unbelievable the entire year. And really it just turned around for him after the All-Star game when he just completely tore it up in guess where? Sunrise, Florida. Um yep. tore it up at the All-Star game. And after that, he's just been he's been so good for for the Panthers. Uh Brandon Montour has been excellent. For for Florida as well, they traded Mackenzie Weger in that Matty to Chuck trade, and and Montour has stepped up, and he's been so good for them this year. Uh, Aaron Ekblad has just been consistently excellent. It's arguably the two most lightning rod players in the entire playoffs 
are now going to be facing each other for a Stanley Cup final. I can't wait to see it. Um, the crazy thing is you didn't even talk about Mark Stone. No, I honestly, I didn't even talk about Mark Stone because Mark Stone is just so, so consistent. With Vegas, the thing with them is the, is the depth. They have four lines they consistently roll out, and they don't skip a beat. I think that's the problem that Florida is going to encounter. I do think Vegas is, is deeper than the Panthers are. But with that being said, I have no real logical reasoning for taking Florida. Okay. What- there are just things that I believe in my heart that are just going to happen. And I think this is one of those things. It's just a team of destiny at this point. And I, I agree. I don't I don't have any other reason other than they've won they've won 11 of their past 12 games. They've beaten the number 1 Number four and number two seeds in the Eastern Conference, one of them being the greatest NHL regular season team of all time in the Boston Bruins. I think the Panthers win the Stanley Cup. I think the Panthers win in six. And the Con Smythe is going to go to, I want to say Maddie Chuck very, very, very badly. I'm going to say Bob, though. I'm going to say Sergei Bobrovsky wins the con Smythe. I was going to say Florida in seven. Oh, oh, and you you think you think they win on Vegas ice? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Florida in seven. And then Kachuk is going to be your con Smythe winner. Okay. Hey, listen, I have no problem with that. I have, but... no, pro- I have no problem with that. It's just, they're just so even, these two teams. And with the goaltending, it's kind of crazy because the teams all, these teams both also have incredible offenses. So it's like somebody has to score, maybe. Um, And these two goalies will have to see, they're really going to be tested in this series. I know you were going to make a point, but I was also one, I want to ask about something that I teased in the beginning of the show. Please. About the rest factor. Uh-huh. Florida sweep the hurricanes. Swept the hurricanes. Um fuck the hurricanes is right. Fuck the hurricanes. No, I said swept the hurricanes. I corrected my grammar. But also fuck the hurricanes. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I heard fuck the hurricanes, and that is that is correct. Yeah. Um so they've been off for a week. Because, I mean, well, you know, everybody thought that Vegas was going to sweep Dallas and then Jamie Benn got suspended. Yeah. Um, and Dallas won their next two games. So Vegas won in six. But Florida has had a really long layoff. Vegas, you know, a couple days, like game one's on Saturday. So it'll basically be a week, like six days since game six of their series. Florida has been sitting on their butt. For like two weeks. They've been chilling. They've just been chilling. How is that going to factor in on Saturday? That is going to be something that we're... It's going to be an interesting storyline for game one. And, I mean, maybe they'll use it... They'll be fresher. They'll be more energized because they'll 
have rested for longer, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't be shocked if they come out a little out of sync. Flat. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. And I, and I know that I'm also a pretty big believer in, in just momentum this time of year and, and golden and the golden Knights putting a beat down on, on Dallas in, in game six definitely has them buzzing right now. Um, home ice helps for sure, but Florida has to look at it this way. And, and I agree, I agree with you, Adam, where momentum and the rest factor is, is huge because Vegas, they're they're the more fresher team right now, or at least they're the team that's more in sync because they just came off of that beatdown of Dallas and they're feeling themselves right now. As you mentioned, Florida hasn't played in two weeks, so they've just been chilling. They've been doing their thing. It's possible that it takes them a period, maybe a period and a half, just to get their 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 mojo back, and at that point. If they're a period and a half, that's what it'd take for them to get to get it all back together. You know, what does that look like in game one? You know, do, are they are they down two nothing before Florida just decides, okay, we, get, we just got to get going here. So that's definitely a, a big part of it. But the Panthers just got to look at it this way: just win a game in Vegas. You win a game in Vegas, you go home back to Sunrise, and you figure it out there. Because guess what? You win you win two games in your in your own barn. And you go back to Vegas 3-1, guess what? You know you got a chance no matter what happens to either win it in five or if you do manage to lose a game five in Vegas, you go potentially go back home and you have a chance to win the Stanley Cup in your own barn in front of your own fans, in front of your own families in, 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 in Sunrise. So it's a, it's, it is a recipe there, but I, I, I do agree with you that the rest factor is definitely key. It can hurt. It could help. It could also hurt. Um, but I do think the quicker Florida gets back into the swing of things, the better off that they're going to be. And I also wanted to say it's amazing for these two coaches for, uh, for Bruce Cassidy oh, yeah. after he was unnecessarily made the scapegoat last year with Boston and they moved on from him and brought in Jim Montgomery and, and Jim Montgomery had an unbelievable season, uh, with Boston. He should be given every, every ounce of credit in the world, but uh, Bruce Cassidy then going to Vegas, becoming the coach there. And year one, they're in a Stanley Cup final of him being there. And then may- maybe one. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll say it. The most likable coach in the National Hockey League in in Paul Maurice. I agree. He is. In, in, this goes back to when he was in Winnipeg too. He 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 is and Toronto. so likable and and when he exited winnipeg it was a graceful exit he just kind of held his hands up and said listen i think someone else needs to come in here maybe my voice is getting a little old i don't know he exited very gracefully and now he has florida on the precipice of doing something that would be truly unbelievable and the fact that they're even here is a story in and of itself. And I'm just, I'm so happy for both of them because they both, they both deserve it. They both really, really, really deserve it. I agree. And it's going to be an unbelievable cup final. I, I can't wait to watch it. I really, really, I, I, I won't miss, I won't miss a second. 
of of this cup final. And it, it's it's one of the most intriguing, interesting, fun cup finals that we have had in a really long time. Yep. Fun with a capital F. Yes. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be. I, again, I can't wait for it. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basic Talk Podcast. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Adam Caster. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.